Hello and welcome to the Lancet Psychiatry podcast. I'm Niall Boyce, editor of the Lancet Psychiatry, and I'm joined today by two people whose work has been generating a lot of interest in the media recently. They are Becky Inkster and Akeem Sule. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Okay, so Becky and Akeem are here to talk about their project, Hip Hop Psych, uh, which is the subject of a comment piece in the Lancet Psychiatry. We'll talk about the project more in a moment, but I wonder if, first of all, you could tell me a bit about yourselves. So I'm Dr. Akim Sule. I'm a consultant psychiatrist in general adult psychiatry, specifically community psychiatry with the South Essex Partnership Trust based in Bedfordshire. Um, I'm also a research associate with the Wolfson College, Cambridge University. So in terms of my medical school, my medical school was in Nigeria. Um, I graduated from Open State University Teaching Hospital. Then I came to the United Kingdom, England. I started my SHO rotation in psychiatry in the Q rotation, which was in Stoke-on-Trent, and then went off to Oxford to complete my SHO rotation. I had a six months job as a clinical research worker with the Oxford University, and then proceeded on to higher specialist training at the Oxford Rotational Training Scheme, which I really enjoyed. And it was actually um, whilst on that rotation that I met Becky. Um, my interests are biological psychiatry. I'm really interested in research, neuroimaging. And I've also got an interest in the psychotherapies, cognitive behavioral therapy, psychodynamic psychotherapy. And I've got an interest in transcultural psychiatry. I'm really passionate about hip hop. Uh, my name is Dr. Becky Inkster. I am a neuroscientist and I started my academic career in Toronto, Canada, doing an undergraduate in psychology. I then moved to Oxford to do my DPhil in molecular biology. Uh, since then, I've traveled around uh, London and uh, various places, ending up in Cambridge, collecting a range of uh, research skills uh, that includes neuroimaging and epidemiology, focusing on uh, language uh, of the youth culture. Um, so I'd like to combine all of my skills uh, from everything from DNA to uh, what the youth say. Okay. Now, with some trepidation, bearing in mind the immense capacity for me at this point to sound like Radio 4's John Humphreys, I wonder if you could tell our listeners what Hip Hop Psych is all about. Um, thanks. Thanks for that. Um, basically, Hip Hop Psych, we, um, Becky and I, like to see ourselves as a social venture. Now, it came out of, first of all, my interest in teaching me medical students um, and I found out that in order to pick up their interest in psychiatry we needed new and innovative ways so I used to use hip-hop videos and rap lyrics and I found out that they were quite interested in it I had the good um, fortune of meeting up with Becky who is as much of a hip-hop fan as I am and then we formed hip-hop psych so basically they're um, a few um, strands to what we do. We're very interested in, in, in improving the recruitment rate into psychiatry because as I'm sure you can appreciate, a lot of medical students don't want to do psychiatry and you find them going off to other specialties. So that's one of them. And obviously we think we can do this by hip hop psych, using rap lyrics to talk about mental health problems and that will pick up their interest. We are also interested in looking at refining um, psychoeducation and psychotherapies. This is very, very important because when you look at sometimes ethnic minorities, a lot of them don't 
antiquinone for talking treatment. We believe we've got a novel, innovative way of working with psychologists to at least refine their psychotherapies to make them more user-friendly and in, um, get people interested in psychotherapies. We've got some ideas which we, we, we can talk about later. And we also believe that we've got a tool here where we can do public health education. There's a lot of stigma towards mental health um, disorders, a lot of spending on out-of-sector beds. So mental health problems are increasing, but we don't have the same funding as physical health problems. And we believe we need to generate this interest and keep mental health problems within the public debate. And we've also got a lot of interest in research. So again, refining psychotherapies, and um, Becky will talk some more about that. Okay, so this is aimed at everyone, service users, trainees and professionals. Where have you taken it so far? Uh, we've taken it locally and globally. Okay. Uh, we really have had such an enormous response from a wide demographic. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been very moving and touching how open and honest people have been with us. Uh, we're receiving so many messages. Uh, for example, someone from the Philippines just sent us a message saying, how can I help? Uh, they just want to be involved. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the global impact has been overwhelming and exciting. So uh, the, the hip hop community has responded so well to us and we, we want to embrace the culture. We love the culture so much. So we, we need their respect just as much as we need the respect from the, the medical professionals. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've, we've been into XXL magazine, which is a huge achievement. <laughs> massive mm -hmm. achievement okay. for, for hip-hop. Bigger uh, than the Lancet Psychiatry. <laughs> well, I, I'm, no comment. Okay, okay. <laughs> Staying out of that fight. Um, we've, we've been covered by MTV, uh, you know, people tweeting, people excited. Angie Martinez, a great DJ in New York City that we respect, uh, but also locally, uh, you know, charities. And it's so touching mm -hmm. that they've gotten in touch with us and they want to work. How can we help? How can we, you know, move things forward? So there's this vision and now the movement has started. Akeem and I, we do believe that this is a movement and a new culture. Um, and that we also think that with people being able to open up with hip hop, uh, it can heal them and they can walk away with this and it provides them with a, another form of, of therapeutic release. Okay, so this sounds very exciting um, and I understand you've taken it to uh, educational events, public science events. Absolutely, yep. Okay. So we've, we've done everything from uh, lecture halls and uh, started with the Cambridge uh, Psychiatry Society actually, uh, but we've swung in many directions. We've done nightclubs, we will be doing prisons, okay. uh, interested in youth hostels. Uh, I don't, I can't actually see an environment where we can't use this. Okay, so that sounds very exciting um, and I'd like to know a bit now about your future plans. I mean how do you think these concepts can be plugged into research? How can we tell if your project's working and how can we refine and improve it? Absolutely, so I suppose well, one area, neuroscience, which is you know what I focus on, uh, the litmus test has already been done and, mm -hmm. and it's been validated in a nature paper uh, where they looked at verbal dexterity of freestyling rappers and literally they're just pulling out mm -hmm. associations uh, mm -hmm. with no cue uh, that's necessarily external. So they went inside their brains, looked at the connectivity patterns, and it really it, it demands respect. We're actually seeing inside the minds of these talented individuals and we can't ignore what's going on. There's something special. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to push forward with some neuroimaging and uh, potentially genetics and mm -hmm. epidemiological research so that we can understand the language that they're mm -hmm. using. They're not calling it ecstasy, they call it molly. Uh, so many ways that we can extract yeah. and work with the youth. Okay, so it's a way to, to help people to communicate, essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. 
the, the other thing that we're quite interested in, because when you look at hip-hop lyrics, a lot of hip-hop lyrics, if, if we think about the origins of hip-hop lyrics, they come from downtrodden areas, people with um, a lot of socioeconomic deprivation. And what a lot of hip-hop artists tend to do is to project in, into the future about what their lives would be. So sometimes you hear them talking about the cars they don't yet have or models they haven't yet dated. Not everyone does that, but we do we, we do know that all the lives that they want to do. So in mm -hmm. Nazis, If I Rule the World, he talks about an equal society where the ghetto children um, are progressing and where he's able to help his um, he, 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 the, the downtrodden people. And we believe that this is actually akin to a therapy called positive visual imagery. And we mm -hmm. intend to work with researchers in that area. We know there is a lot of, of work on that, on using positive ritual, visual imagery, which is rich in narrative and which we know has a bigger impact on affect like depression um, and also things like bipolar disorder. And we do believe that if we can work with the researchers like that, hip-hop lyrics by the nature of, of, of their of, of their visualization would be a good tool to work with. Okay. And one last note, just very quickly. Yes. Uh, Hip-hop and rap artists are so influential by the way they dress, by everything, their presence. Um, so their words are equally powerful and influential. Uh, so we want to extract the actual lyrics and the content that comes out of the rapper's mouth and you know see what these messages are about and the word mm -hmm. frequency. Uh, so it's another avenue to explore public health messages. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. Now, and what's possibly, in fact, almost certainly a first for Lancet Journal podcasts, I believe you're going to give us a demonstration. So we'll get your, your headphones on in a moment so you can do that. Uh, but for now, many thanks for coming to talk to us today. And just before I leave the stage to you, I'd like to thank uh, you, the listener, for downloading this Lancet Psychiatry podcast. And I hope that you will join us again next time. So, um, yes, you're now welcome to the Hip Hop Psych booth. Um, <laughs> Let's try and see how we can get this out here. Now, the lyrics I'm examining are lyrics called Lady Heroin. This is a very good track to use. It's from the Gridlock soundtrack. And I particularly like this soundtrack because basically it featured Tim Roth and, in my opinion, the greatest MC that ever walked the face of this earth, Tupac Shakur. And basically, this is rap lyrics by Jay Flex featuring Lady of Rage. Lady of Rage was basically a female rapper with death row records. And in terms of it, it basically talks about heroin, the use of drugs, and gives us an insight into um, heroin dependence and opiate dependence. And the way it describes this dependence, it describes a relationship between a man and heroin, almost like a pathological relationship between a man and a woman. So I read the first verse. In the first verse, it says, Now, when I first met her, I was down in the dumps. And this gives us an inkling about the mental states that some people have when they use drugs. Some people are depressed, they've fallen on bad misfortune, and then they, they end up using drugs. So I'll move a few verses down. And it says, I was feeling sad and mad and hurt. That's when this fly honey walked up to me in a brown leather skirt. And I think this is very interesting because, again, it talks about the mental state of this person, sad and mad. But it also describes in a seductive way the relationship with addiction. This man walks in, sees a fly honey, which is a term for a pretty girl, 
and walk um and she walks up to him now it describes this um pretty girl as wearing a brown leather skirt what's interesting is that on the streets heroin is called brown and it it, it it describes this in a very seductive way. And we know about addictions. Sometimes at the beginning when people are experimenting with drugs, it can be, there can almost be a seduction element about it. So it then goes on some verses down. It says, I never met a girl, so I front with it. So I took it to the crypt and sparked a blunt with it. And this is a very interesting concept, sparked a blunt with it. Because we know with the use of heroin, people have this method of using it called chasing the dragon. This is when they light the heroin, the smoke comes out and they inhale it. And it describes, the verse after that is, hit it, it was the bomb. And it was the bomb describes the kind of euphoria that you get with, get with heroin. Now, the kind of euphoria you get with heroin is almost a gentle high. And we know that for some of our patients, they use both heroin with crack. So they rather than getting the abrupt high you get with crack cocaine, they actually get a more gentle high. And we know that this is due to the release of dopamine in the nucleus accumbens, which is called the pleasure center. Now, some verses down, it goes... But all of a sudden, she starts flipping and script talking, like, what have you done for me lately? And this almost describes the process of going from the experimental stage, the pleasurable stage, to where it becomes an addiction, where the tables are turned and the drugs are now in control. And some verses down there, it says, she had me driving and stealing. This is a very interesting concept because we now see a process where it becomes pathological, where he basically has to steal to fund the habit. And the next verse is just to hit the skins. And this refers to a progression in the drug use from smoking heroin, chasing the dragon, to actually injecting um, in, 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 into his skin. This is very, very important from a public health angle because there's the risk of hepatitis C, hepatitis B and HIV infections. And at the end of that, um, of, of that particular verse, it says he wants his friends. My friends tell me I shouldn't mess with these type of... There's an expletive there, I won't say it, but it's almost a description. It's a warning to whoever is listening about the danger of messing with drugs. So... The song that I'm going to be discussing now is called The Message by Grandmaster Flash. This song was released in 1982 during a time where it was dominated by the disco scene. So the Bee Gees with Staying Alive had a very different meaning in the ghettos. This piece is actually the first socially conscious indication of realism in the ghetto. And uh, Grandmaster Flash is, is definitely uh, one of the key pioneers of storytelling. And this message is all about the hard-working people who are hard done by. And in, in verse 1, you get a sense with broken glass everywhere, dot, dot, dot. Um, you get the sights, the smells, and the sounds of this urban decay. And what's interesting is that it's, it's a very sad song. And if we jump to verse 5, you can see, A child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. God is smiling on you, but he's frowning too, because only God knows what you'll go through. It's a very sad sense, and it's this man's journey, uh, and it's a sort of a descent into madness um, through financial hardships, stress, dealing with education issues. Uh, it really is pulling out all of the epidemiology factors, um, IQ, etc. And 
what we notice is that this sense of urbanicity, it, it's not necessarily coming across when we portray this to our audience, which always I find striking. Uh, we know that urbanicity is one of the, the strongest risk factors for disorders such as schizophrenia, uh, but almost always when we speak with our, our audiences in the, in the public, they really are bowled away by that. And it's, it's a bit disappointing that we're not uh, able to get the message back to the people. So we see this descent into madness. Uh, I swear I might hijack a plane. It, it's, it's very, uh, quite depressing. And um, another part of the, the song is, your eyes will sing a song of deep hate. It just really makes it, you know, it's hard to be unscathed in this, in this urban environment. And when you're immersed amongst all the risk, risk factors, but on, on a upper note or a plus, there, there's a, a sign of hope, a sign of resiliency uh, that we don't quite get from the song, but when we do our events and when we perform, uh, we, we talk about overcoming and changing your trajectories, uh, even if you do have sort of these risks at your front door.